All right. I've had a lot of coffee. We worked Ooh. out together this morning, yes. and I am feeling pumped. So let's do this. All right. Okay, well, welcome to Forbidden Cinema Deeper Dive. Uh, we are revisiting Blame It on Rio. Had a bunch of questions we were going to check in on and just the overall vibe of the film. All right. So uh, so is there anything that we left out that you want to hit on or do you want to get straight into our notes? Um, I think we can probably just get straight into notes. Um I feel like we covered it pretty well. I mean, the the general takeaway of this is a hard film. Um, you know, it's like they kind of, it exists in its own universe because everything about it is wrong. But we, so we have to suspend our disbelief to find the humor in it. And they do a decent job, but that's just kind of where it is. Yeah. The only thing that I really want to touch on just kind of going through the movie until we get to some of the questions that we came up with was a conversation that we had had after recording talking about how Demi Moore is acting out increasingly as the movie goes on. You know, first of all, she's staying out with boys and then she's coming home days later with boys and then she's going off and hang gliding and it it is really interesting and how hard she's trying to get noticed. Yeah, all the attention um, and he just doesn't, which it's so weird. Like, it, I'm, I'm not really sure that there has to be, there's a lot of background animosity here that doesn't seem like, because he doesn't seem like this, he's not a cold guy. He's kind he of, seems like kind of a loving father at the beginning. And then she just like, bye, I'm going to go off and possibly kill myself now. And he's like, okay, fine. You know, I'm going to try to figure out this wacky situation I ended up in. I mean, I guess he's incredibly preoccupied with the fact that Valerie Harper's pretty much said, like, I think I'm done with this. And then now, you know, there's this young girl and all of that craziness that's going on. But even then, um, it, it feels very, it feels more like they're already in a divorced dad situation. And that's not their role. You know, the the other role, like the Joey Baloney role and Jennifer, that's that's kind of their role right now. He's in the middle of a divorce. Um, and But he seems to be, he's all on top of it, where they seem to have had an okay, you know, family. I, I, don't, I don't know where Demi Moore is in normal life. Is she in Brazil in school? Is she, we don't really know that. So not really sure where all that comes from. Yeah, we really, we really didn't get enough out of Demi Moore in this. So. But stay uh, tuned. We will. Yes, yes. So next thing that uh, I went to, you know, I have normally been deep diving Playboy magazine to try to find something relevant to this. Mm -hmm. I found something even better. Okay. You know, I love, 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 love old print. Yes. I think print is amazing. I think it is because it's it's printed, it's there, and then it stays forever. You make a mistake in a MSN article and you just change it and you put a little note on the side that says, oh, yeah, we changed that. We fixed it. But man, I love print. Print is amazing. So I found a review of Blame It on Rio. The review is in the Observer Reporter, a uh, newspaper outside of Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay. First of all, 
stepping out with Terry Hazlitt is the column. <laughs> and this guy's mustache and glasses game it's is on point. Quite. I'm, I'm taking a look at it on the screen. And newspaper print is having a hard time keeping up with the tint of his lens, the, how dark his hair is, and his mustache. Most of his face is kind of obscured because we're just dealing in black and white print. They might as well not have put a picture in. It, it's that right. bad. But the uh, the review is, blame it on poor taste. Huh. You know, it is uh, one and a half stars. Okay. Uh, blame blame it on Rio on poor acting, poor direction, and mostly poor taste. Mm-hmm. Blame it on Rio as a travelogue for those with an active libido. That's that's well well played. <laughs> so we also um, on this page, I could I could we could deep dive this entire newspaper. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at stock certificates, stock quotes, like what's going on there. Uh, Amazon and Mike, or uh, not Amazon, of course Amazon's not, but Apple and Microsoft are mm-hmm. not in the. They were companies at this time, but we're not right. In, important enough to no, be included no, in, in the stock ticker in the in the newspaper, um, but we also have uh, at Sheets. I don't know if any of you are familiar with the regional chain Sheets uh, in the Northeast. I've re- very rarely um, been there, but uh, had some family that went to school in the Northeast, and so I was able to experience that. But they're rolling out egg and muffin sandwiches for the first time ever for eighty nine <laughs> cents a piece. Oh wow. <laughs> And I also found on the same page is an advertisement for Marlene's Lounge on uh, Route 51 Periopolis. Uh, it's near Perry's Auto Auction. Okay. And they, every Wednesday, Thursday night, we have exotic dancers. And we have matinee exotic dancers on Friday and Saturday. Okay, we've got to get it in early. Um, maybe go to the auction after. Yeah. I just, I, I figured <laughs> surely this place is not a thing. And so I kind of looked into it a little bit and apparently this was a just local hangout for people until it closed about two years ago for something like 46 years wow this marlene lady marlene uh, was kicking it she seems like she is something i was able to find their facebook page and it Does she is, seem like your kind of guy she seems like my <laughs> kind of guy yes i believe that you know 40 years or so ago, she was one of the dancers and then she just sort of uh, went behind the bar and it is just fascinating to me as someone who grew up in the South to see somebody post, you know, remember the reason for the season, you know, Easter, Jesus died for our sins. And then the next post is open auditions, bring your ID, 18 and only for exotic dancers. <laughs> well, you know, I mean. I mean, it's, it's the Northeast, you know. I, I just got to get, I mean, there's a market. <laughs> But so, so yeah, so Marlene's it, uh, closed about two years ago um, and looks like they uh, they get together every year afterwards. They missed because of the coronavirus, but they're trying to get to year for, uh, for Marlene's last call. Everybody that was <laughs> involved. Wow. So in real time, there are works for Marlene's last call. So I don't know. So we'll have good. to see uh, if there's a 2021 Marlene's last call reunion. See if we can somehow figure out how to get invited. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I wonder if the, the, the columnist... If stepping, if he was stepping out, if he gets to go, uh, Terry Hazlett. Yeah, no. I would bet Terry Hazlett is no longer with us. That's sad. I I don't know. Do I need to deep dive that <laughs> Terry Hazlett, the film critic for the no, Observer so. Reporter? Okay, that's okay. okay. We'll just let that go. Yes. All right. Um, 
This was also the uh, the week that the bubble boy died. Aww. Yeah. We, we can think fondly of um, John Travolta and Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> For bringing him to our oh my goodness our conscience okay uh, I, on that note I'm, <laughs> I'm stepping out of this topic yes let's do that uh, so we're talking about the age difference in charade versus yes. the age difference here mm-hmm. so we came up with a 25 year age difference in charade um, the age difference between Michael Caine and uh, Michelle Johnson 32 years. That's a lot. That's that's even more than we feel like we're dealing with. So that makes him what? She's she's actually how old? She's, she she's actually 17 when they're filming, which is potentially problematic. Yeah, because she's actually 17. In, in and of its own right. And, uh, and so, yeah, so he is 49 years old. Well, you know what? Go Michael Caine. He looks freaking fantastic for 49 years old. I mean, I would have said he's... 80s level late 30s maybe 40 but 49 he looks great for 83 49 83 49 i mean the rock is 49 i know but the rock is a different species (laughs) the levels of growth hormones and anti-aging technologies we have available to us today yeah people in 83 that are 49 I think look like my grandparents. And so, yeah, Michael Caine's doing pretty good. Yeah, he looks great. I mean, he's not like, he's not trying to be the rock. He's not a muscly guy, but he's like fit and like well-groomed and whatever, you know, he, he's an actor. So of course that's a thing, but he looks good. Yeah. Um. So then we really kind of tangented off of charade director to a a movie that we both love to the bad remake of the movie that we both love to the lead actress and that she's recently changed her name but changed her name back to her original name yes so yeah apparently uh thandy newton in her first movie they misspelled her name and uh so that's just she just decided i guess that's my name now (laughs) for the last 30 years right so tandy has returned to tandy way um so I think that's great, um, and you know that it's not relevant to really. It's just kind of an aside of what we were talking about, but I think it's thing to know. Like, go you know, girl, women, get it, yeah, get it. like get this it. is my name and this is who I am, and I don't have to just do it because someone made a mistake and kind of quietly let it go. Okay, Nicholas Coppola, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't. Th- I think he is a whole. Nicholas Coppola is and uh, Nicholas Cage are not the same person. Okay, <laughs> they they diverged. They is did. this a multiverse type? They moment? did. Yes. <laughs> if anyone gets a chance uh, to get down to New Orleans and, and kiss uh, Nicholas Cage's tomb, highly recommended tour. So check it out. Yes, yes, he has a tomb. But we're, we we no one you didn't miss anything. He just has a tomb. He has a tomb. It's a giant pyramid. Apparently, mm-hmm. he bought a house where a vampire massacred a bunch of people in the 1800s, and it's cursed. And he had such a curse that he had to build a pyramid to break the curse. Yeah, you know, as you do. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it has nothing to do with national treasure. He like builds a pyramid, and there's all sorts of pyramids on money, but no, it's it's all voodoo. Right. Speaking of voodoo. Speaking of voodoo, um, we did look up some uh, Brazilian cultural practices. And yes, we think that was maybe more well handled than maybe we thought it was. Well, that's great. That's good to know. So, I just wasn't sure. I didn't want to assume that, you know, I'm watching a s- 
a, a documentary of Brazilian culture <laughs> through the lens of uh, there's, there's Michael Caine and There's some middle-aged rich Blowing. white men going here, but... Uh, but yeah, there is a tradition of not necessarily Haitian voodoo, but things that sort of resemble it. Uh, I believe the candomblé was maybe what we were watching. Okay. And um, yeah, so it's a whole series of of Afro-Brazilian religions that uh, grew up kind of alongside traditional folklore and uh, and Catholicism. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, what we did find out about the Brazilian culture that uh, maybe the movie did not get so right, um, it is illegal to topless sunbathe in Brazil. Was it then? Oh, man. You hit me there. Sorry. I, I feel like, ah, boy. Um, they created a topless beach in 1994 to a lot of... Um, to a lot of like backlash, backlash, uh, lawsuits, and then so probably... trying to create it to keep it from opening. It's apparently about a uh, hour and ten minute drive south of Ipanema, about an hour thirty south of uh, Copacabana. So then it probably wasn't then. If if there it was that much backlash in ninety four to, to start doing it. If you're if you were in Brazil in the eighties, give us a shout. Let us know. Yeah, we want to know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> way more than way more than just. Yeah. But so, yeah. So uh, it, it seems like this was just pervy rich white guys. We were concerned that maybe we just weren't getting it. You know, maybe this is just a cultural thing and we're from the United States. We're from the West and just a bit uncomfortable with that. And that maybe we were the ones that were the problem. But no, it looks like it was just pervy white guys. Okay. I mean, that's right in line with this. So. Yeah. Pervy white guys in Hollywood in 83 does not exactly seem out no, there. Not at all. Okay. Cool. So we went into breaking the fourth wall and kind of the sitting down and talking to the camera. Um, we said real world owes a huge mm-hmm. debt to, to this style of I mean, all reality filmmaking. TV does. So I can't find something. Bef- the fourth wall breaking we'll get into. But I can't find this interview confessional with a character kind of- confessional. Yes. I mean, there's the mockumentary Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's some aspects True. of that, but there's not really many mockumentaries before this. There's an Albert Brooks film. There's, but really, uh, the year later when this is Spinal Tap came out, was, right, was the real kind of launch of that as a of genre. Um, so I was able to go back a little bit. Um, so first, I was thinking Ferris Bueller breaking the fourth wall. It's not the same, but it is still talking to the camera. True, but it's. Um, it's 86. Okay, so, so it's it a after. little after. Uh, Annie Hall. Oh, that's Woody right, Allen he does. talks to the camera. He does. Uh, 77. Okay. So it's still not exactly the same. There, there's somebody interviewing these characters. Right. The, they're, in, they're in the end. They're telling the camera crew. They're exactly. Not, they're not talking to you in the audience. They're in a couch. Like, they're in a completely, like, this is after the fact. This is not, like, a pause Zach Morris moment in the moment, like, telling us what, what he's going to do or how he thinks or how he feels. It's it's very much portrayed to be, like, this whole event has happened, and this is us looking back and talking about it. Mm-hmm. So also went a little farther back, Alfie. Right. Speaking of Michael Caine. Yes. So Alfie, he talks to the camera a lot. Oh, uh, Okay. Groucho Marx. Oh, I guess he did. In uh, Horse Feathers, tells the audience that they should all go out to the lobby for a song. <laughs> because they don't really, he can't leave, but uh, but the audience has the opportunity. That's funny. 
Um, even before that, Tex Avery cartoons. Bugs Bunny talked to the camera all the time. That's true too. I mean, that's that's a little different because the whole the whole world it we're not watching a narrative in the same way, but it I, that makes sense. That gets us people accustomed to seeing it. Mm-hmm. I guess um, Oliver Hardy, uh, Laurel and Hardy, okay, was like, known to occasionally do that. Was probably the first person in talkies to do that. Okay, so not revolutionary, but. Definitely taking a step in the direction that would mold what we're used to seeing, you know, on a really, really regular basis. All right. So hold on. Are you familiar at all with Mary McLean? Mary McLean. Yes. Not immediately, no. Okay. Uh, She wrote a autobiography in 1910, The Men Who Have Made Love to Me. Whoa. She then wrote the screenplay for the film and starred in the film. All right, good for her. 1917 and would multiple times in the silent film come out in front of the film and address the audience directly. Huh. This girl seems like something. She does. Um, Wow. She was an openly bisexual feminist. Uh, She was in the 19 aughts to the 1910s living kind of the jazz roaring 20s lifestyle Mm -hmm. writing books about it not giving many f's about it and just going for it so she seems like something uh this film is lost or thought to be lost that's a bummer yeah I'd, i'd like to like to see a little bit of what's going on um i did find um her article about her death here in the New York Times, and it is kind of something. Okay. Mary McLean, author found dead, writer who caused sensation by tales of own romances, reaches end in penury, reverses after success, forgotten by the public for several years after her death, a recluse recently. That is terrible. (laughs) The Just even the way it's phrased, none of those are really sentences. No, that's that. It's some sort of weird poetry. It's poking at her. I mean, it's like, look at this lady. She tried to punch above her station. Look, now she died penniless and a recluse. Like, ah, uh, that's that's a that's not a new story. Yeah, shame on you, whoever. I can't. You have to actually pay to read the Times article, so I can just get the headlines. So shame on you, whatever rando Times person in August eighth, nineteen twenty nine, wrote this headline. Shame on you. But they probably wrote it before, like to some sort of degree, because that's what they do with obituaries. They like have them ready to go. This was somebody who probably really disliked her, and was probably writing obituaries for her every week, just hoping. <laughs> like maybe this week. That's- maybe this will be the day she dies. <laughs> Yeah, apparently she had a, a baseball team knocked uh, named after her. She had a cocktail named after her. Well, there <laughs> so, we go. Well, can we look into that? We might have to look into the Mary McLean. Yeah. So noted. Yeah, I really, I really think she seems like a kind of lady. We maybe we need to look into the book, the men who have made love to me. See if that's still in print. It'd be interesting. Yeah, book club. Yeah. <laughs> so, casting the remake. Yes. Um, I think. We failed to mention in the original episode that this is a remake. Right. You said, yeah, we talked about it. And, you know, spoiler, y'all, it's French. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) This maybe makes more sense in France than in Brazil. Yeah, but no. (laughs) They, French people, like. the French people are being in France. Maybe that doesn't make any sense. If you're just 
going to be French in France, then no. I mean, but I still even think people, I, I don't be- necessarily believe that people in France get, are, are actually like libertines in the way that people no, want to. No, but I think if two American rich white businessmen took their daughters to France, I feel like the story would make more sense than Brazil. You do? I do. You don't? I don't. No, I don't. I I think Brazil, I think beach, I mean, you could go to the Riviera, uh, you know, maybe it it needs to be someplace that it's not Paris. No, 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 no. Definitely South of France. Yes. Okay. So it has already been remade. (laughs) Again. So there is, so there is that. So, um, it was remade with, uh, Francois Clouzet, who I really don't know him. Um, I, he looks like he's been mostly in, in French films. So also with Vincent Castle, who, if you're not familiar with Vincent Castle, uh, I think I'm mostly familiar with him from, uh, the Brotherhood of the Wolf where he plays, spoiler alert, the bad guy. I guess you would probably be most familiar with him from the Ocean's the, 12. Yeah, the Ocean's. He's the, the French thief. Like 12 and 13. Yes. He's oh, in both. Oh, in 13. <laughs> yes. There are so many moments where people just show up. But I love that moment in Ocean's 13. He's just like <laughs> blending it with the building. It's so good. Uh, but uh, also in uh, We Need to Finish, that movie Trance. Is it a Denny Boyle film? We watched like the first hour of it and then got That's distracted. That's the one with the artsy? Yeah. With him and he's with a James bad guy. McAvoy. Yeah, he's a bad and... guy. And that dude, actually, that was, I was just thinking about that. I was like, what is that movie? Yeah, we should finish that. Yeah, that was kind of brutal. Yeah. So I've got my remake cast. Okay. You want me to go? Who's going first? Um, You can go first. Now, I only, I, I have a couple, but I only have the men. Oh, that's all I did too. Okay. Okay. I. I don't think I don't know seventeen I know year old seventeen girls. year old. I know. Th- maybe think I should. That's, yeah, that seems fair. I mean, it's to kind of go down a Disney path, right. probably. Like, I'm gonna look at all the little ladies. No, okay. okay. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I've got three sets. Like just kind of being yeah, going different, a little different routes. So all of mine include one uh, European or somebody with an accent and somebody without. Okay. I guess one of them is not actually European, so sorry. <laughs> so I have uh, Mark Wahlberg and Jude Law. Okay, interesting. I have Mark Wahlberg, but not with Jude Law, but I like him with okay. Jude Law. I think Mark Wahlberg could bring some some intensity. That's that's the role. I he was yeah. See, He's I the Joey Baloney role for, for me. sure. I didn't do partnering with like with British actors. Um, I just, I, I kind of, I guess they're all American actors actually, but I was just looking for someone who British, like kind of has that mild, more mild manner type of approach. And then someone who can really, really lose it. Yeah. And yeah, Mark Wahlberg is Joey Baloney. So we agree that Mark Wahlberg could really do yes. some Joey Baloney. So I said, yeah, I said Jude Law, if he's not available, Sasha Baron Cohen. I thought about Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, yeah, but I, I, I he didn't make my full cut because okay. I, I couldn't pair him just right. So who's paired with Mark Wahlberg for you? John Hamm. Oh, I like that. I thought he, you know, he's even keel, you know, he can, but he can, he can I be bet you zany. He can get really 
he'd get really over his head and yes. and and twitchy if he if it came he can, down to he it. He can get really zany because didn't he play like a really weird zany character in Thirty Rock? Was he like Liz Lemon's boyfriend or something? And I think he was just totally non Mad Men, if I remember correctly. <laughs> That's deep cuts. I, I, <laughs> that was something I watched once, and you know, that, I don't think that really made it into besides Alec Baldwin's performance. I don't know if that made it into culture quite as well as. But I, some I, I vaguely remember. That. I know, but like his, you know, appearances on on Saturday Night Live and things like that. He he likes to get a little wacky. All right, who's your next one? Okay, my next one um, is Ryan Reynolds. Okay, as the Michael Caine kind of role, mm-hmm. and um, Joe Manganiello. He almost made my cut. I think he 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 gives that like he's very like nice and sweet because their relationship is so you know kind of gentle. We, we talked on that, but then he can really come across very menacing when he wants to. Yeah, he he was he was my fourth. That was I, I couldn't pair him though. He paired him with Ryan Reynolds, so I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, so my next one is flipping the switch a little bit, flipping the script. We've mm-hmm. got a British actor as the uh, Joey Baloney role. Okay. I've got Carl Urban as Joey okay. Baloney. Okay. And then I've got Bradley Cooper as the Michael Caine role. Okay. I could see that. I could see that. I like it. I definitely think that uh, Carl Urban could bring some, oh, some intensity. <laughs> very much so. He he's he has like a coat of many colors. And if you're not watching the boys, he is hilarious too. So Yeah, I I, I like him that he kind of turned up. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I also thought Tom Hardy was a close second. If we're gonna flip the script and I have see a that British too. actor play, though, he's not British either, is he? Um, he's got an accent. It doesn't matter. I'm not sure exactly okay. where Tom Hardy's from. All right, my last one is a little bit of. <laughs> it's a little out there. Okay. <laughs> but this movie's a little out there. Come yes. on, credit where credits due. Yes. I've got Taika Watiti and John Cena. Okay. Interesting. We know Cena's funny. Yeah. We know he can be menacing. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I, TT, I, he's <laughs> he been... Just, I, I just want to see him in more things. True. I do. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. Cool. I like it. I've got one more. Okay. Um, Just kind of shaking it up, too, in terms of, of casting and kind of giving it a different... Did you go some, like, two ladies in their 40s? I didn't do two ladies. Okay. No. Um, I did two black actors. Okay. Um. Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro Ooh. as the Michael Caine role. Okay. And Chris Tucker as Joey Baloney. Oh, my goodness. Chris Tucker. <laughs> What's he even do? <laughs> I don't know, but he can lose it like nobody else. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but they're both about the same age. So yeah. Okay. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. I was, um, yeah, when I was doing the Carl Urban, Tom Hardy, I was, like trying to get Idris Elba in there. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. He's too he's too good for this. <laughs> <laughs> he's he like they they clone him and they like split the screen and he's playing both roles. <laughs> Just do like a what was that a Gemini man kind of thing. Right, exactly. Like who is that? <laughs> Who's that really young guy? He's real good. <laughs> well fun. All right, so well, we wanted to talk about the neighbor, and I don't know what there is to say. Jose Lugoy looks like he was one of the most prolific Brazilian actors of all time. Okay. And he looks awesome, but That's everything it. he's in is Brazilian, and so I just don't know what else to... So it's just kind of maybe a nod, maybe to kind of 
and truly involve some Brazilian people, things that people in Brazil would know, maybe? Is that yeah. kind of and the... If you're, if you're in Brazil right now, I can't imagine anybody in Brazil will be listening to this, but if you are, write us, tell us, tell us about it. I mean, he kind of looks like the Cary Grant or the you know of of brazil so okay cool he just seems like just a guy who was just a handsome leading man in a lot of things for a lot of years well good on him he was very charming yeah um the only thing i have left is we've managed to grab a uh, book we picked up called problematic movies of the 80s <laughs> which pretty much is just what this is about maybe <laughs> in general I don't know if these movies have to be problematic. I think some of these movies can be fine when we look back on them. True. This one, not so much. But a lot of them are going to be problematic. Probably. But uh, he describes taking a date to see it on a first date. Mm. And uh, she walking out of it saying she had to go to the bathroom and then never coming back. (laughs) I don't think it's that bad. I mean, it's true. I mean, we, we... well, then in the theater, I, I wouldn't think that people would have as many problems. Obviously, they didn't, you know, in the, in the early 80s. But I believe they were also teenagers and somehow got into this movie. Oh, yeah, this is not If you a were movie. like 15 or 16 no. years old and some guy took you to see this. That would be weird. I don't know what the message. <laughs> you would probably bathroom and, and yeah. deuce as well. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So there is a uh, great quote in here. At 17, I was staring at her chest. Today, all I can notice is her retainer. <laughs> And I think that really sums up this film. Yes, it does. Yeah, definitely. If it flips the script now that you're older, but yeah, it's a mess. (laughs) So anything else you have? I don't think so. I think that's it. I think we've put this one to rest. I think it's done. I think we are putting our clothes back on and um let's get a little bit get... of a tan <laughs> <laughs> a little uh a little, a little sore after my brazilian cut briefs uh getting a tan there you know got a little burn so a little, little sore sitting down right now <laughs> but uh we're going in the direction of demi more next yes so what's it gonna be babe i th- i think let's Let's kind of stay. Let's let's start young Demi Moore and and work our way and and, and follow her illustrious career in in movies that we were not allowed to see. So when I think of Demi Moore and a movie that would have been forbidden, I think of Indecent Proposal. For sure, for sure. So let's. Have you seen it yet? No, I have I've not seen. seen- snippets that are on tv so uh, yeah what do i know about it i know that it's robert redford i think yes and is woody harrelson yes um i mean everybody in this movie is amazing Mm -hmm. but it was just a 90s movie about sex that would not have happened would not have been allowed anywhere oh no the the whole idea i mean it's not even like oh is is this maybe a sexy movie like no this is it's called indecent proposal Like, (laughs) like hmm i wonder and, and then like mom can i go see indecent proposal <laughs> i mean the preview has her like on a bed with just cash so we're gonna see what that's all about and uh we'll see you guys next week sounds good all right ciao